Welcome back to Arts Respond on WNHH Community Radio. I'm Lucy Gelman, and this is a collaboration with the Arts Council of Greater New Haven. I am really, really excited today to be with the Elements of Abundance, which sounds beautiful, but let me tell you what that is first, okay, before we get into it. So in no, uh, I was going to say in no particular order, but it actually is the order uh, in which the elements are listed. Um, I am today with Shayla Streeter, or Earth, an explorer, advocate, and connector of meaningful and loving relationships. Hafiza Torre, or Wind, a philosophical warrior who illuminates the world around her through exploration. I love these descriptions, by the way. Like, I when I was reading this, I was like, oh, I, I need them to write me a new bio stat. And Arden Santana, or Fire, a diplomatic, philosophical warrior who advocates for what is righteous. Ladies, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm sorry that we're not in person, but COVID is still with us right now. So let's talk about what the elements of abundance are. And first of all, how this was born. Um, I, I'm excited to get into talking about programming but I would love to bring listeners into the genesis of this, this wonderful group. That's one of our favorites, right? <laughs> yes. One of our favorite questions. So Shayla has to begin it. When yes. Begin. I, so how initially the elements became, um, it all surrounded around food. Um, when I met Fire, which is Arden, um, initially she was pregnant with her daughter, second child and had her first daughter. And I just witnessed and watched her prepare food and just, you know, being a mom and cooking and just that, those responsibilities. So I offered my support and was like, let's put our meals together and let's, you know, break bread, you know? And pretty much we started that. And we initially did it on Wednesdays. Um, I brought food out of my kitchen. So it wasn't like you went out to the grocery store. It was pretty much what's in your cabinet. Let's bring it food together. And let's make meal together. Um, and it was great because our children got to play. The adults got to cook and support each other in the kitchen, eat a meal. Um, and it literally became like a weekly tradition um, that we did as a family. And it was a school night. So we was like, okay, we need to switch it to a Friday. <laughs> so we switched it to a Friday. Um, and it just grew. And then Mama um, Wynn, which is Hafiza, she moved back to Connecticut. And again, I'm the connector. So our mothers or family members pretty much brought us together. And I invited Wynn over for dinner for breaking bread. Initially, when she came over, it was definitely she was part of the element, right? It was just like right she fit within the piece. We started cooking. She prepped the food. The kids were playing. The kids enjoyed each other. Um, and we've been doing it for the last six or seven years, um, breaking bread. Um, and that's pretty much how the elements became like a so unit. We, well, actually, no, that's our origin. So that's the That's our origin, yes. 
from it. Well, from and it. also, are all of you, I assume all of you are fans of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I, mean, it's I hard appreciate not to be, your right? music. Um, yeah. It was definitely more on my parents' time as far as like being Earth, Wind, and Fire, like Go Hard fans, but definitely grew up listening to them yeah. and have an appreciation for just the genius and what it is that they do. And just to add on to what Shayla said, like Earth, the, the Breaking Bread was truly a safe space for um, just this communal experience. And for me, it was therapy because I transitioned back to Connecticut in 2016 with three fairly young children um, to like kind of regroup after a divorce and, and like significant transitions in our lives. And to have been introduced to, you know, Earth, Shayla and, and Fire Arden, who were both mothers and um, the conversation was so easy and it was just always uplifting and empowering and, and we had similarities and we were moving through, you know, different challenges um, in similar ways. And it was a safe space for our children who, you know, may have been oblivious to all the stress that we were under that when we came together alleviated so much of that. So they got to witness their mothers, you know, talking and laughing and, and preparing food lovingly and and they got to play as we, you know, look from a, you know, from a, a short distance to make sure they were good. But um, just to be in that energy in that kitchen that you see behind you, behind um, Shayla, you know, <laughs> yeah. is where we spent most of our time. So mm -hmm. it was, it was a dynamic um, coming together, and we all have our similarities, but definitely individual strong suits that meld really well together. Oh, I I would love to hear about some of those similarities and some of those strong suits, but I'm also okay, wondering wait, if I get, Lucy before yeah, you hop in, go in, hop in, please. I gotta bring you to the end though, and Do how it, you yes. the elements. So there's a dance. There's a beautiful dance called Kizomba, not to be um, confused with Zumba. It originates from Angola, and when called a hug, it's just a hug. It's a beautiful dance, and we were caught up in this dance at the time, attempting to learn it. We were going to classes, and the, there's a culture around it that's called there's socials, and after socials, you get to practice and engage in, in, in the dancing and have a really great time. So we were traveling along the East Coast going to these Kizomba socials. And we were at one, we think Bridgeport, because they, they begin to blur. We, we went to so many. And the three of us were walking up the street. And this, I want to say, I, I, I like this, I guess a vagabond, because I don't know his status. But, you know, he was sitting, it was, it was nighttime, it was dark. After 8 p.m., it was dark. We were walking to the venue. And the gentleman sitting on the wall says, as we're walking by, earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> and we knew immediately who we were. We knew immediately. And just who was earth, who was wind, who was fire. And you could feel the level of respect and admiration and reverence that he was bestowing upon us when he said it. You know, so so that's the piece of the story we have because that's the night we became the element. Oh, the element. Yeah. But, <laughs> I love before that, we were mamas. <laughs> we're mamas. And we still are. We still are. I, I was right. gonna say mamas. you're still mamas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I, I mean, I also want to ask about this importance of breaking bread and also having, I think that one thing that sometimes parents lose is they don't always have their villages. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, a, as a woman, I've been thinking a lot about how important it is to have your intentional village, because without it, you like, 
it's hard. It's, I don't have kids and it's hard, but, but when you have kids and several people in my life, you know, are, are blessed with children. Um, it's, it's really, really difficult to be present and to be intentional. Um, and, and we live, I think in a world that, and in a country that doesn't always give, uh, give people the infrastructure to, to let them be as an intentional and as present um, parents as they would like to be. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about coming together and having that safe space. I I love that I think all of you use the word safe space um, to to be in community with each other and to have your children in community with each other as well. Yeah. Oh, those values. It's about values. Absolutely. And our children controlling their exposure to to values that don't align with ours. Um, and again, and the wusa, the wusa that we're allowed as women to be able to just be, you know, mm-hmm. cooking, it, it, it took away for me, took away the, the weight of the domestic, the domestic duties we had to do. So it mm-hmm. became easier when it was shared. You know, you'll find Hafiza at the sink washing dishes, you know, me or Shayla at some level of prepping or making the meal. The older children were, you know, o- overseeing the activities of the, of, the, of the smaller children. And we could just be, you know, we can have a glass of wine, talk, laugh, cry, um, and just be comfortable, you know? So that, that's what it was for value and just the, the, the shared responsibility, not seeming. At, and when we moved it to Friday, you know, it was the end of a week. And you could just relax, you know, and we couldn't do happy hour as tired mamas, you know. <laughs> so that was our happy hours. Those were our happy hours, you know, with our children present. And then I'll also add too, like the space allowed us to be vulnerable, right? And be and trust one another. We were able to trust and be vulnerable with each other, um, which pretty much allowed us to continue the breaking bread and our children now see this as a tradition. We create a tradition within our, our homes, our families. Um, and so now children are like, are we doing breaking bread this week? Are we doing breaking bread? So it becomes like a constant, they even are, are aware of this breaking bread and the value of it. And amongst you know them growing up with their their besties and their sissies, as we call them. Yes, <laughs> you know? I, I love that. It's um, I, I was talking to a group of young kids recently at, who were working on a mural and they said, well, these are my cousins. And then they were like, well, they're not really my, and I was like, don't worry about it. Yeah, really. it, it doesn't matter. Like, right. so, so yeah. I think, yes, family can take many shapes and sizes. That's um, the village extended family, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think for me, just having you know, and I think for all of us having an understanding what that contrast looks like, because prior to connecting with the elements, you know, my parenting experience was very isolated. So I may have had, you know, some groups like we participated in Girl Scouts and and various things to kind of build community. But because I lived in a place where I was away from family, you know, it wasn't my hometown. I was, you know, transitioning as trying to be a parent and meet people who were in alignment with, you know, our values and and how we parented. Um, It was challenging. So I spent a lot of time in their early years in isolation. So to have the contrast of now having a true community, not something forced or, you know, just implied because we're participating in the same activities, but as in we chose each other and like we're in alignment with how we operate. It was a a stark contrast 
And I grew a significant appreciation for it as well as my children, because being in that environment, again, they have a crew, they got, you know, it's like there are 10 of them minimally at one time in the same space. So um, to have the contrast of being somewhat isolated and then coming into a village environment, it really gave me a full appreciation of how valuable what it is that we've created is. And I think that's what also gave motivation to expanding it outward and allowing and inviting other people in. Yeah. And, and I would love to talk a little bit about, so Arden, you said, you know, you share um, certain strengths, but, but also one thing that all of you share is your value system. And we are living in this world that I don't know. To me, it feels crazy. It feels crazy all the time. And so I'm wondering if, if you can talk about some of those values that really ground you and ground your children. Yeah. Um, I think it, it begins with making sure they're steeped in their culture, um, ethnically. Um, it begins with, or, or and then inc- incorporated into that are you know, relationships and, um, you know, their social, emotional well-being and intelligence and um, how you interact with others and respect for your elders and your and, and adults, um, what's age appropriate, um, ritual, exposing them to, to ritual and spiritual practices that um, will empower them and actually, you know, Lucy, help us to not feel like everything is crazy all the time. You know, there's there's a there's a work that has to be done and um, shielding and protecting ourselves from this from the craziness. You know, um, so some of those values are around shifting perspective um, and helping them to always see, you know, the the more agreeable side of situations, um, but making sure they're aware of the disagreeable and the awareness is around protection. So we feel that the more informed our children are, the um, the, the better they're able to protect themselves and respond to situations if they are outside of us. Um, and I think entrepreneurship is, is an, another among those values that are important for us. Yeah. Would so, any, yeah. Yeah. And just to add on that, I think one of the, <laughs> the um, simpler ones is like, we all uh, prescribe to the four agreements, right? Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Always do your best. Um, so it's it's those things that we expose the children to. Like I think we've all of our households have read that book, um, you know, multiple times. It's something that we repeat uh, when things come up. Like don't take it personally, or you know, like we bring it back up. So I think there's a common language that our children are familiar with. We talk about manifestation. We talk about, you know, um, having a positive mindset, you know, how- how Femininity. Yes, celebrating it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then creating ritual, um, you know, we had the privilege of, we have a lot, we have daughters and sons. I want to say it's almost kind of equal parts of each number, male, female. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had the opportunity to ritualize um, coming of age from a, a womanhood perspective. So our daughters have a, a common um, experience and that they know um, who they can go to for 
guidance and, and if they need to talk, um, you know, what's going on with their bodies, it's celebrated. Um, so they, they have, we're creating rites of passages. And for our, our young men, um, you know, Shayla has young, um, young, young brothers, young, young brothers, young, brothers young, young men. Yeah. Yes. They also spend, um, the summers in Maryland, um, uh, with my children's father, who teaches them life skills and trades. And so this is a consistent thing that they're experiencing and tools that they're, you know, having on board as they're growing and developing. So that contributes to the community and the skill set and, and their preparedness um, as they develop. And is, is one of the ways that, oh, Shayla, did I cut you off? I am no, no, no. I was just, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with Hafiz and just, same thing with that, you know, four agreements, but, you know, telling, explain to our children, what do you want, you know, mm. and just, you know, and, and they are very vocal with expressing what they want. Um, and, you know, whenever there's something like a big project or something that we want to present, we call the village together and we sit down together and offer that support to that youth or to one of our children. So um, that's the thing I would just want to add to. Yes. Which seems like so I, I do want to you said of course the the magic word which is project and I do want to talk about some of the awesome events that are coming up but I I also wanted to say you know in in listening to this especially the ritual practices around um, womanhood and also manhood to me I hear a lot of um, like busting through stigma as well because I think sometimes young women, and especially young women of color are taught to be embarrassed or, um, or, or just like, don't know what's happening to their bodies. And that can be very, very scary. It can be, it can be. And, you know, thanks to when, you know, who initiated that ceremony. Now, you know, I went through the process and then, you know, here, so, and did also the, the ceremony for my daughter. So again, we're going to continue this sort of ceremony for our daughters, so they are um, supported and understand, like you know, the talk around femininity, right? And and yeah, and and not made it make it a stigma, you know. And and the elders in our community was like, we never had this in our life. We never experienced, you know, someone teaching us and talking to us about this. So we we're clear on what we're creating, and and it's and it feels good. It feels good. I I love that. Um... Especially, you know, it's, I, yeah, I, th I think there's still so much shame for young women around, just around like what's happening to them. I hope that, you know, science classes and um, like health, health classes have evolved since I've been in school, but I don't have a ton of hope in the school system. And so I, I think we got a 10 minute lecture from a gym teacher about how to put a tampon in and that, that was it. Um, so there, there was, there was no clarity. <laughs> They've devolved and practically been oh, eradicated wow. or replaced with, with, or replaced in, in a way that I don't think is, you know, wholesome. Oh, that um, makes me very sad. Yeah. yeah. Just how empowering it is to take that, you know, take that back um, in yeah. a sense, and, and, and broaden the, the understanding of what it, what it is that we're all going through. And yes. we are very clear about um, the balance of it and understanding that, you know, 
just energy and, and what mm. it means to be, to return the sacredness back to our experience, right? Because yeah. we can create all of these boxes and things that, that, you know, people want to label or fit themselves in. But when we look at it from a holistic, just universal standpoint, it really is just striving to be the very best that we can be, you know, individually and collectively. So we honor the individual child. They all have, you know, their different talents and gifts and, and their interests. And, and we, we want to support them and identifying like who they are. And again, just having a safe space to explore all of that. But it is very important to, to restore the sacredness back to every aspect of life, the way we eat, the way we think, the way we develop, all of those Where things. The way we dress, yes, um, when we wear our hair, you know, how we communicate to each other, right? Absolutely, yes. 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 So it's about embodying those things. It's about um, being an example of that, not just saying, you know, you should do this, but truly living that. And I think that assists us in countering a lot of the contrary things that you know, because we didn't have social media growing up. You know, we didn't have a lot of the programming that they have today is very different than even the cartoons we watched growing up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're intentional about the space that we create for them, not to shelter them to the point where they're oblivious, but to make sure that they are solid in who they are. Um, so that when, like um, Fire said, when they do come in contact or they are out in the world, that they do feel a sense of empowerment or a sense of self so that they can maneuver. So I, uh, Sheila, did you have something to add? Okay, I, I saw you. Okay, <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Um, the, that's the one thing I, I really don't love. Well, there are many things I don't love about Zoom, but it's when, when people are in a room together, it's easier to tell when someone wants to hop into the conversation. So I, I wanted to talk about some of the upcoming experiences that um, the elements of abundance, I almost just said that earth, wind and fire are, are, are doing, yes. Um, it, including tomorrow night. So tomorrow, if you're if you're watching this with us on Friday, August 19th, tomorrow is Saturday, August 20th. If you're watching it after that date, I'm sorry. Um, right. That's, too bad for check, you. check our yeah. website yeah. And you'll know yeah. Yeah. later absolutely. <laughs> yes. absolutely. always something um on so on saturday august 20th from 2 p.m to 6 p.m there is a public breaking bread in the park and i'm wondering if we can talk about taking this beautiful tradition that you have created and opening it up to the community and, and saying come join us be with us Oh, because everybody can't fit in Shayla's house. Or they can't, right. <laughs> we can't invite the world like, in. I would love to invite everyone to the house. But I, we will not be able to accommodate everyone. And is that, come to Breaking Bread. You know, we're doing the invite, invite. And it wound up being like, we could do a Breaking Bread in the park. Let's, let's, let's take what we're doing in the home and bring it out. And so we believe, you know, our vision is connect and build, right? We are, we are creating a network of community of individuals, right? So we can build our village um, outside of the elements um, where we're communicating with other families and members. Um, and so the, the Breaking Bread in the Park is pretty much a communal activity. It's going to be a bunch of activities for, you know, families and young children um, and adults too. And just talking about the history about what Breaking Bread is and and, you know, taking families and individuals out of that isolation and bringing them together is 
the true essence of what the premise of breaking bread is. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is prepare your dinner to go. And if you don't want to do that, order, you know, have Grubhub deliver you something or pick up something from the area restaurants, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, and and come, you lay your chairs out, you lay your blanket out and we we do have curated or um, scheduled events for the, for the children. Um, And then we'll break bread at, I think, 430, 30, 4.30, 4.30, 4.30. Um, we'll just sit down and we'll eat together. And that's where people can talk, network, build, connect, and they'll be able to do that throughout the event. Um, but we want to make sure that eventually it happens the way it does at the house. Like we come, the only difference is we're not in the kitchen together where we're all preparing the meal. Um, everybody will come with it prepared and we'll break bread together while the children are playing and adults might, you know, play cards or play chess or, you know, um, so, and just people can just talk and gather and relax for a little bit without having to pay anything, um, do a bunch of work, <laughs> you know. So have that, beautiful conversations. Yeah, mm. have beautiful conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, well, and, and before we talk about another upcoming event, which is restoration, I want to ask, you know, we've been talking about breaking bread, but the we're living in something that... Um, sort of interrupted our collective ability to gather and, and to break bread in um, in a way that I think for, for people was, Hafiza, you said the word isolating earlier, was extremely isolating. Um, and, and I know that in a way for parents was very isolating. And so I'm wondering if, if all of you can talk about your experiences during um, the p- pandemic. And I, I do want to acknowledge just for listeners, because in a lot of interviews this week, I've heard the words post-pandemic, we are still living with COVID. Um, but I think we are living uh, with COVID differently than we were certainly two years ago. Right. I can so, I can start. Yeah. Um, I I think the one is outdoors. So that well, let's go back. So how have we handled it? We we've continued to move ahead. Um, we've already shared you know each other's in, in, in immunology <laughs> for the past <laughs> six years. So you know we're we're family. Um, so we, we take precautions, um, and, and for us, it's really about, um, prevent, prevention and how we eat is also medicine. You know, we understand the power of keeping our immune system strong. Um, and, and that, that, that in and itself is preventative, you know, or at least, um, can counter, you know, COVID. So we, the meals we eat are, are, are part of that, you know, the supplements we take. Um, the use of neem oil daily, you know, it's, it's a natural mask. You know, we often, we put on our, we use our neem oil, which it, it immediately affects the respiratory tract, which is also what COVID is going to attack. And we have on a mask, even if we're not wearing a mask, you know, so with, with the neem oil. So we, we take those precautions um, and we've continued to do what it was that was normal and necessary for us because we also understood the impact of that isolation on people, no matter the age, and especially the elderly, you know, people need interaction, they need a hug, they need conversation, they need to be touched, they need to laugh, like, that's important. So, you know, we we wouldn't, it, you know, it wasn't an option for us to isolate our children or ourselves in that way. Um, and we honor what other people's comfort zones are. So breaking bread is outdoors, you know, for that very reason. So we're glad we have the warm weather months um, and we're, we're working towards built, you know, creating a space, like owning space that we can continue to do this in, you know, 
um, when, when weather doesn't permit us to do it outside. So that, that would be my two cents to that one. <laughs> and I think there's definitely some value in that. Um, prior to the pandemic, we were uh, somewhat of a tight knit group, um, just right. as far as, you know, our circles didn't extend too far beyond, you know, our collective and our children being together. So when things kind of shut down, um, we still interacted because we were that unit. We weren't really, we weren't in contact with everyone else. You know, we're working from home. The children were schooling from home. So I think that was, you know, significantly beneficial because they, we weren't as isolated. I know it was really tough, especially for my high schooler who was, you know, working, going to school remotely to not be in class, to not be able to go downtown or be, you know, amongst her, you know, other friends. Um, so the fact that we were still able to consistently connect um, for breaking bread uh, definitely added a layer of um, consistency in our routine and kind of, you know, took away from a lot of the, the, hard challenges of this transitional period. So I think we are um, very conscious and aware of wellness. That is something that we all share and is the foundation of everything that we do. Like Arda mentioned, like how we eat, but how we live in general comes from that space. So eat, think, uh, interact with the world. We're always coming from that space. So I think that's why it was very intentional as to how we opened up and we chose to do it outdoors where, you know, it is open air and we can, you know, still have some mm -hmm. distance, but be together and in the same space. Um, so just being aware of other people's, you know, level of comfort and the fact that, you know, there are, we, we do still, we're, we're aware, we take precautions. Um, so we're looking forward to breaking bread in the park. Yeah, breaking bread in the park. Yeah. So if you do, so if people do bring things they want to share, you know, something as simple as asking that it be brand new, you know, package from open, the store. Package unopened, correct. You know, so you're, everyone's bringing their own meal, but if someone has something they want to add to the collective, it should be, you know, store bought and covered when they come. Um, or yeah. individually wrapped. Yeah. Oh, great. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I also wanted to talk about restoration. So September 24th, of this year, 2022. Um, yeah. Is that that correct? I heard a little- That's correct, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, um, and, and both virtual and in-person. And so I wanna talk to you about this hybrid sort of setup because this is, again, the world that we are strangely navigating our way through, but also about how this how this event came to be because I, in, in watching, especially the women around me and the mothers around me, I'm often in awe but I'm often also very aware of the fact that they take care of everyone except themselves. Mm. And, and so I'm wondering if, if you can tell me a little bit about how you put your heads together or, or put the elements together and said, let's, let's do this not only for ourselves, but to, but to care for the women around us. I'll speak to that. So knowing that we, as women, like you said, um, we tend to, give all our energy to everyone else, but not ourselves. And so the ideal of restoration is really pretty much like us to take a pause and a reset, right? To, to pause and to restore back that energy or love back into ourselves. Because if we're depleted, how do we give to others? And so restoration is, is, is looking to restore back to that wholeness, that one being. Um, and 
we're open up to the women because we tend to be the ones that give the most, whether it's to our, our, our significant partner or our children, our community. Um, and so the, the event is around bringing different modalities um, and also having an author there um, who will be presenting her book and sharing about, you know, that African tradition um, and, you know, offering support around giving some tools to, to us women on how we can restore and certain practices that we can put into our lives yeah. and the benefits of it, right? The benefits of it. Um, and there's so many, right? We, we're not gonna be able to fit everyone in, but just giving, a, you know, one or two um, tools and modalities that we can use is so beneficial in our lives. Um, I know I, for me, I tend to do yoga or meditation, um, but there's so many different practices that we each do um, that we sort of bring and share amongst each other. Right. And it was definitely um, just along that vein of, yeah, we always pour into others and we want to be able to pour from a full cup, but also that, you know, as divine feminine, as, as the mothers, as the wives, we really set the energy of those around us. So when we are, you know, coming from a healed whole space, you know, we, we really can change the vibration of the planet. So that was really a lot of the motivation around creating a space um, where that can take place. So we have an amazing author who has written a book that really speaks to, um, you know, the, the, the spiritual and the energetic aspect of um, the energy that we're rooted in. Uh, and we're also bringing into the space foods that are restorative to the body and, and, and some indulgence to, to bring that, you know, energy of um, uh, just, just a treat for the love and femininity. Yes, absolutely. And then just introducing some modalities that people might be familiar with, or it might be new to them. Um, we're going to have uh, auricular acupuncture in the space, because when we speak about wellness, you know, regardless of whether you're outside the home, inside the home, business owner, employee, you know, executive, stress is something that we would like to manage and not have manage us. So if we have tools at our, you know, at our disposal that we can utilize that can truly impact um, us on a, a wellness level, um, we want to be able to introduce that. So there will be auricular acupuncture. Um, we will, we want to bring practitioners in this space that are um, reflexology as well as like seated chair massages. So certain things that, you know, we can experience um, that will give us a, an immediate uh, effect uh, as it's going on. So the auricular acupuncture is done in a group setting. Um, I know, um, Fire, you can speak to the Chima Life offering, um, but we're also going to be educating ourselves on the values and the benefits of these modalities. And that's what's allowing us to do the hybrid aspect of it, because you don't have to be in the space to feel the effects and the benefits of things like auricular acupuncture because you can do the acupressure. So if we're sharing with you what points to touch, then you might want to, you know, do go do along with us these areas and, and you know, you'll feel immediate effects, even if you're not getting needled or, you know, physically present in the space. So um, it, it's a wealth of knowledge and, and resources and just great energy, good people to connect with. And we truly are building a village around taking care of ourselves uh, in the wellness aspect. 
Yeah. And within, oh, Arden, did I cut you off? No, no, no. I think um, Pisa wanted me to probably just mention one of the practitioners we're bringing in is um, a woman who has a uh, proprietary um, energetic movement practice called Chama Life. Um, and it's, and, and it, it centers being in tune with our body, you know, um, honoring, caressing, acknowledging, loving our body. And, and feeling it, you know, feeling it with conscious intention um, towards healing and love and self-acceptance and um, a, a positive way to, to channel the energy that we not just put out, but also that we take in. Um, so this will be a movement experience that, um, you know, is going to just gonna be really um, sexy and fulfilling and, and releasing. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah. Yeah, the I men better get ready. The men not right. gonna know what happened when the women walk out there. When any of these women who are in relationship, and let me say, women, men, whoever, whoever, whoever they going home to is gonna really be in some kind of situation when they get there. I think sometimes, I think sometimes we forget that we have bodies, though. Like for right. real, it's you know, it is. This How about that we have bodies that are okay to experience pleasure? Okay. Yes, give yes. ourselves permission for that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because even we're traumatized by experiences that, you know, we, we want to re reject the pleasure or, you know, we're embarrassed or it hasn't been nurtured and supported that it's okay. But, you know, I don't know. Fire coming out, y'all. Fire coming no, out. Yeah. Talking no, we fire <laughs> <laughs> ready to come out. Because, I mean, I just want to, I want to address during this. So we're going to address the clitoris during, during, um, during uh, restoration, because it's there and it has no other function except pleasure. So let's be real about that. Like it, it has nothing to do with making the baby, producing the baby. Like it, it's just there for pleasure. So we just need to know that and embrace it. Yeah, and it's like ten thousand nerve endings, right? It's it's something like it. It really is like that. Tens of that. Yeah, it's um. Right. right. And, and in a lot of, I remember also learning like in science class that it was a vestigial <laughs> organ, but you didn't need it. It was like your appendix. Everything. Yeah. So everything is needed. needed though. They just, they just can't, they can't, the so-called experts can't figure out what is needed for, or just don't want to accept is simply for like pleasure. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's um, just simply for that. And then you have cultures who want to, you know, cut it and tie it up. And that's, that's, that's barbaric. That's brutal. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. yeah. So it's the reconnection because again, in returning the sacredness back, like like the pleasure, you that that euphoric standpoint, that's our closest connection to source. That's like returning us back to the energy of creation. So there, there's so many layers to that. Um, and, and just to be able to open our minds. Um, to, to what those possibilities are, because some people haven't even had just the, the fraction of a conversation that we just had about something that is very much a part of all of us. Um, so creating that safe space to begin to have these conversations, to explore, you know, who we are, what we identify with, you know, what, what we can do with this physical vessel that we're in, and, and really just honor and celebrate that energy. Mm -hmm. So I want to, in our last, you know, about 15, 12, 15 minutes together, 
I want to hop just for a, a moment in the Wayback Machine and hear about, because you are three incredible women, and I want to hear about the women on whose shoulders you stand when you're doing this work. Wow. So, when and fire, we're going to go in that order. Right. So, so, for me, I grew up, so I grew up in a family with hypertension. Um, I call myself a foodie. So I grew up in a family with hypertension. You know, we ate pretty much, um, you know, pork and all the different meats. And so for me, I don't want to say I have a particular, you know, matriarch or, or someone, women that arms I stepped on, but just family tradition, hereditary things allow me to make some changes in my life health-wise, right? And so, you know, being pregnant, I had my, you know, three children and my third daughter, I wound up having preeclampsia. And because of my already change of eating habits, I was able to, I, I also, excuse me, back up, I developed heart congestive failure. So yeah, I developed heart congestive failure. And through my eating practices, I was able to heal my congestive heart failure, but I also developed high blood pressure, which became like a traditional family so I watched my family sort of this like hereditary thing passed down from generation to generation. And I decided to make a shift change and decided to look at food differently. Um, and so with that, you know, certain practices and certain habits, I learned that I picked up from family traditions, right? And so when we talk about hereditary, it becomes hereditary because you eat what your family taught you how to eat. And so I had to retrain myself and my family how to pretty much approach food differently and see food differently and eat differently. And through that, I was able to heal myself um, and also, you know, share the information with my family. And now my mom is sort of, you know, looking at it differently, food differently too, reading labels, right? Reading labels, being committed to food, looking at food differently. Um, she still eats the way she does, but she does it in moderation, right? So just, just so for me, that was my sort of catalyst to, to food and how food becomes that source and energy of life. Um, and I love eating. I'm not going to stop eating. <laughs> like I love eating, but just, you know, approaching it in a different way, in a more healthy, conscious way, um, and just owning it, owning it, and just changing sort of traditional things that, that have been passed down from my grandparents and grandparents beyond um, with the genetic um, diseases. I call it diseases uh, passed down from generations. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, so yeah, as far as like, I, I definitely stand on the shoulders of many. Um, I'm the sixth generation of a long lineage of healers, especially in the maternal side of my family. So um, I, my, my great, great, great grandmother and the women whose names I can still speak. And I, I'm grateful for that because some people can't trace their lineage back seven generations. Um, and this tradition of being the healers of the family and they healed through food, um, you know, understanding of herbs, just had healing hands. A lot of them later on, once nursing became a profession, um, went into nursing because they just had the desire to help people. Um, so my mother, who's been significantly impactful in my life, um, 
is uh, is a healer. She created what's behind me, the Zola experience, and really gave language to a lot of the work that we've all been called to do as far as healing from trauma and healing, assisting others in our communities and healings in various ways, whether it's through food, whether it's through education and understanding of self, um, but understanding that that is really the foundation of how we move forward uh, as a, as a collective is really addressing the generations of trauma that we're experiencing and how it shows up in our interactions, our communication, our relationships, and how we walk in the world. So um, it took me some time to get to the space and the clarity of what my purpose is in this life. Uh, you know, being over 40, I feel like it took me this long to really understand who I am. Uh, so to, to, have that clarity and really have the support in the village around me that honors me, I honor them. And again, utilizing all of our superpowers to create what it is that we're creating here. Um, that's the foundation that brought me uh, to this point and just grateful for those who are here in the space with me to continue to move forward. Oh, Ashe. So I think I'm, I'm a daughter of the world, a citizen of the world. Um, and just, I, I take from women around me. Um, there, there, there's value in many women that have crossed my past in life. And I, I just sort of, you know, use their example to sort of influence me. Um, I'm an educator, I guess, by purpose. Um, and, and I can trace that back to the time when you begin playing pretend. And for me, pretend, I did have dolls and things, but I pretended to play school or administrator. Um, so, and then, you know, I became a teacher and then now I'm the founder of a school. Um, so I do believe the spirit and energy of Mary McLeod Bethune and Ida B. Wells speaks to my soul and spirit um, because I have to, I look at life as just doing what I gotta do. But when I share what I'm doing to people and I see their reactions, I'm reminded that art and everything you're doing is not this small little feat that people just do every day, like build a school, <laughs> you know? So I have to, you know, I, I look at, you know, Bethune and I'm like, that's what she did, you know? Um, Ida B. Wells, these are women who wanted to bring awareness to narratives that are untold. And, and that's what motivates me. Um, and it's what informs my curriculum um, it's, it's what informs the way, you know, we teach the content of, you know, our curriculum content at Sage Academy. Um, and my grandmother, who was a librarian, um, you know, I grew up after school going, you know, to the library and learning the Dewey Decimal System and just being in the library um, after school rather than, you know, home. Um, so I think those are, those are my experiences. You know, Mama Katora, Afiza's um, mom, you know, she, this is a, a new elder in my life who, um, you know, brings me encouragement and example and guidance and those types of things. So um, just, just honoring, you know, acknowledging, acknowledging women and some men, you know, there, 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 there are men who it's, it's important that, you know, we take from because there's, there's a balance, you know, it's, it's, what we're dealing with, we're talking about energy and there's feminine energy and there's masculine energy and regardless of our pronouns and our sexuality and all of these things, it's about the energy and there needs to be a balance of that for everybody or we're all off balance. <laughs> and, you know, and that is chaotic. Um, so 
I don't know. I'm, we're just walking on greatness, walking in love, um, mm-hmm. striving to stay in harmony and mixing these elements up to just be doing stuff. That's what we said. We doing stuff. We doing we stuff. Doing stuff. We, uh, <laughs> we doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just want to add too, because we individually had our, have our own purposes, but the universe literally brought us three together mm. to bring forth this sort of union or create this sort of, I say movement. Trinity. We're, yeah, we're, Trinity. Trinity, <laughs> right. But we're creating this movement, right? And, and, it's, and, and it's moving in an alignment, which is allowing us to move in our divine purpose, but we're doing it together now, yeah. right? So there's sort of like no more movement separately. We're moving together as the element. There's momentum in that and energy in that's, that. that. Yeah. 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 And one thing that you stated, and just to to piggyback on what Arden said, I know a lot of times when people see us, is is you know just just divine feminine energy, but we absolutely invite the men into the space. So yes. we we have very we need the men in the space, <laughs> we def- and we speak that often. Like you know, we 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 want this to be a welcoming, inviting, open experience. We want to dialogue and have conversations. We want to, um, you know, just make it a safe space for all of us to just be. So restoration is is you know feminine, female focused. Um, but we have connect and build and we have breaking bread and we have other um, experiences where we are absolutely inviting and encouraging and reaching out to, um, you know, the men to occupy the space with us. Because, again, just collectively having that balance. And we do understand that masculine and feminine exists in each and every one of us, regardless of our bodies. But we, we absolutely honor that balance. Mm -hmm. Well, I I just want to thank all of you so much for spending this hour, uh, hour and change with me here today on WNHH Community Radio. If you're just joining us, I'm sorry, you've missed a great conversation. Please go back and listen to all of it. It is on all of WNHH and the New Haven Independent streaming platform. So you can find it on Facebook, on SoundCloud. I don't know, maybe on the Instagrams. I don't really know what Snapchat is, but maybe it's hanging out over there. Um, if, if you've missed our conversation, I have been here with the elements of abundance, Shayla Streeter, Hafiza Torre, and Arden Santana. Thank you all so, so much. And if you like what you have heard here and you want to come out and meet the elements of abundance and uh, participate in their activities, you can do so tomorrow on Saturday. I almost said July 20th. It's August 20th. Um, from 2 to 6 p.m., there is a Breaking Bread at the Park event. And if you go on the website, which uh, we will drop in the comments, there is an RSVP link. Yes. Thank you all so much. Um, and how so can, much. in addition to your time. website, how can folks find you? We are on Facebook, um, the Elements um, event. Um, we have a page on Facebook and you can find us on Instagram, also the Element. Awesome. Thank yeah. you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you.